How did a simple idea from over 200 years ago help British sailors explore the world? And how did the same idea lead to the globalized food system that we all rely on today? I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and today we're looking at a brief history of canned food. To say that canned food has shaped the world we live in is no exaggeration. Prior to canning, sailors and explorers relied heavily on salted meat and hardtack, which is a very dry, long-lasting bread. The advent of canned foods allowed them to have variety in their diets. Eventually, they could even bring canned fruit and vegetables on voyages with them, which helped to get rid of scurvy. This also led to fewer sailors dying from malnutrition. Canning also allowed countries that were producing an abundance of food to can it and ship it around the world. For the first time, excess beef from Australia or pineapple from Hawaii didn't go to waste. It could be canned, <coughs> shipped, and sold around the world, but this didn't happen overnight. In the early 1800s, Napoleon, in search of a better way to feed his army, put forth a challenge. Any person who could figure out a way to better preserve food for long periods of time would be awarded 12,000 francs. The man who won that money was named Nicholas Apart. In 1809, Apart developed a way to seal food in glass jars and preserve it. The technique Apart developed is very similar, if not identical, to how home canners make uh, canned foods today. The food was packed in glass bottles, sealed, and then boiled. Apart didn't really know why this worked, as Pasteur hadn't described the process of heat killing bacteria yet, but he knew it worked. In 1810, another Frenchman named Philippe de Girard went to London with his idea for tinned canned food based on Apart's ideas. Being French, and England and France being at war, meant that Girard couldn't get a British patent for his idea, and so approached a man named Peter Durand. Durand got the patent for Girard. In 1811, Durand sold the patent to, the en to engineer and inventor Brian Donkin and his partner John Hall. Over the next two years, Donkin would work to refine Girard's original design. Each can was wrought iron coated in tin um, and had to be made by hand. These cans were very heavy, some weighing up to 20 pounds when full. And the price of these tin cans was out of range of the ordinary people, but Donkin saw an opportunity in the Royal Navy. In June 1813, four members of the British royal family, including the Queen herself, had tried and enjoyed Donkin's tin beef. This led to Donkin getting a letter from the king that's approved of his food, which led to the Royal Navy accepting it, and Donkin began selling canned foods to the Royal Navy. A little bit at first, but then more and more as sailors got used to the better quality food. The road through history for canned food hasn't always been a smooth one. In 1852, a group of meat inspectors opened a series of cans only to discover that they were rotten. The meat within the cans had putrefied and wasn't even the meat it was supposed to be. By the 1850s, there was a lot of competition in the canning world. The Royal Navy, always frugal, went with the cheapest bid they could find for canned food for the, for the Navy. The company that won the bid was based out of modern-day Romania and almost put an end to canned food altogether. Stefan Golder, the man behind uh, the underbid who had won the Navy's Excuse me. Stefan Golder, the man who had underbid every other canning company, had already been in hot water with the Navy a few times. Prior to 1852, sailors had complained that meat 
in gold, Golders cans wasn't what it was supposed to be. The Navy re-awarded the contract to Stefan, but had told him in no uncertain terms that the meat in the can must be what it was supposed to be. Golders said that he would need to make the cans bigger to accommodate. This could have been all fine and dandy except for two problems. Stefan continued to use meat other than it was supposed to. Cans were said to have contained meat from diseased animals, whole kidneys and hearts, dog tongues, and much more vile things. The problem was that even though the size of the cans had increased, Golder had not increased the cooking time on the cans. This meant that the internal bacteria wasn't being killed and that as the meat sat in the cans, it got more and more rotten. This incident shook um, sent shockwaves through the British Empire and led to a deep distrust of canned food that would last for years and years. It took decades of pro-canned food government campaigns to get people to trust canned food again. Today, the amount of canned food sold around the world is absolutely staggering. The quality and food safety procedures have continued to change with the times and then have led to canned foods being incredibly safe and a lot of times delicious. With over 200 years of history behind them, canned foods are likely here to stay for quite a while. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and this has been a brief history of canned food. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. Of course, you can like and subscribe to this podcast. You can even rate it and tell your friends about it. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food in 5. I hope that you all have a fantastic Tuesday. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.